Happy Friday, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Let's Chat Markets, your favorite dairy podcast. If you are an existing customer of ours, you know firsthand how much data came out this week, especially at the beginning of the week. I can't remember the last time we sent out so much information in just one day. Coming into Monday morning, China and New Zealand's July trade data was released over the weekend, so we got to work right when we got into the office on Monday morning. Later on Monday, the USDA released July U.S. milk production data, as well as an update on cheese and butter inventories here in the U.S., on Tuesday, we got another Global Dairy Trade Pulse auction, and Wednesday was our normal weekly European report, as well as the National Dairy Product Sales Report from the USDA. I would say much of the trade data fell in line with what our market expectations were, but there was one somewhat surprising report this week, and that was the July U.S. milk production report. Lucas, what happened with that data release anyway? Yeah, uh, July milk production is still stronger versus prior year. That was expected. But what we had anticipated would have been a little bit of stronger growth actually materialized in just a 0.2% year-over-year gain. Originally, call it a few months ago, high ground forecasts had called for milk to return to growth in the U.S. into July. And in the initial June report, USDA showed that June milk production was higher. Well, that ended up not being true with the revisions in this month's data showing that June milk production was actually lower versus prior year. So when all things uh, are settled, high ground forecasts were ultimately kind of correct that we would see this turn into July. Ultimately, it's cow numbers that are uh, really making things a little bit difficult here to watch. There have been kind of significant revisions in cow numbers over the past several months that really make it difficult on a month-to-month -month basis to really see exactly where we are. Uh, the numbers in this month's report are a little bit confusing as well, and I kind of challenge them a little bit. We've seen in a lot of the data, whether it's weekly cow slaughter data or just kind of talking to our farmer customers across the country, that we think that the U.S. milking herd is growing over the past few months. But this new data revised June milk cows down and showed just a slight growth into July. Uh, the data shows that the herd size peaked in May and it was smaller into June and July, which is a little bit difficult to believe. I wouldn't be surprised if we do see an upward revision in July milk cows in the August report, but for now, this data is the best that we have to trust and we've got to go from there. Uh, looking ahead though, I don't think it necessarily changes the trajectory of what we're expecting. We do expect year-over-year -year milk growth for the next several months, uh, for sure throughout the remainder of 2022 and likely into the first half of 2023 as well. On a state and regional basis, California growth really strong up 2.2% in July, driven partially by a week prior year. The uh, slower than expected growth was driven by a huge swath of states across the Midwest. So whether it was Minnesota and Wisconsin or over into Michigan and Pennsylvania, still some challenges there from a milk production standpoint. Lots of data to digest here. Um, I think it was kind of interesting to look at and we'll look forward to next month's report to see if any of those revisions uh, continue here. <laughs> Yeah, really. So given that milk production data, was any of the inventory situation kind of surprising at all on cheese and butter? 
Yeah, the cold storage report, a little bit less surprising. I think fairly neutral in both of those markets there. Starting with butter, we did see a steep decline in uh, stocks. The July stocks down more than three times the five-year average decline versus June. So uh, while pretty significant, uh, I think that that was fairly expected by the market. And that's why we've seen such strong prices lately. Uh, butter stocks for the first half of this year were uh, down versus one and two years ago, but now stocks are at their lowest levels of the past four years, lowest July butter stocks since 2017. So really supportive to this market here. Uh, from a cheese perspective, uh, not too surprising. Cheese stocks are a little burdensome, but they've kind of been that way for a few months now. Total cheese stocks setting a new all-time record high in the U.S. American cheese stocks uh, building in the month and kind of contributing to that strength as well. Well, we pretty much expected um, some of this trade data, both from China and New Zealand perspective. Um, maybe let's start with China, Alyssa. Any uh, key takeaways there from that report? Yeah, so all the top imported dairy products that are typically shown into China, fluid milk and cream, whey, milk powders, they continued to report losses against both last year and two years ago during July. While volumes from New Zealand kind of faltered, it was interesting to note that growth was reported uh, from the U.S. for the fourth consecutive month, and growth from Australia was recorded for the second month in the row into that July data. The stronger imports from the U.S. were in the form primarily of lactose as well as whey products. July lactose imports from the U.S. into China did hit an all-time high, which then pushed total volumes to a record as well. Whey imports from the U.S. were the highest since May 2018. Total dairy imports from Europe specifically really did struggle the most versus a year ago due to reduced imports of fluid milk and cream from the region, though skim milk powder imports were also notably lower. It's interesting to note that New Zealand's exports during July into China did start to improve slightly, so China's August imports should reflect more modest losses than what we've been seeing. Yeah, July was a positive month for dairy leaving New Zealand's border, although from a milk production standpoint, milk turned negative into July. And I think from what we've been hearing and seeing was reportedly light into this month as well, right? Yeah, July milk production, which does account for only 1% of the total season collections, did end up being negative. But it's important to remember that we're comparing against a very strong prior year. So don't forget to dig into those numbers. August milk production may have struggled as well, though, given the unfavorable weather conditions across much of the country, whether that's been excess moisture or frost, depending on where you look. New Zealand's trade data, as you mentioned, was pretty darn positive as whole milk powder exports increased over prior year for the first time since last December. Anhydrous milk fat shipments were impressive and the strongest since October 2016 with record volume sailing to China during the month. July skim milk powder volumes from New Zealand were the strongest for the month since 2019, with a jump in exports to China, of course. Shipments to Southeast Asia recorded similar growth, with losses mostly focused into the Middle East when you're talking skim milk powder there. 
Year to date, overall dairy exports to Southeast Asia, though, are at record highs, yet still not quite as strong enough to balance losses into China versus last year. Losses, of course, are the most aggressive on whole milk powder, a commodity that will likely be tighter this upcoming season. Yeah, fascinating to watch some of that trade flow data, especially as focus has really shifted to the demand side of the equation versus the supply side drivers noted through most of the first half of this year. I think to close, it is important to just kind of touch on the U.S. uh, spot market trends here this week. Uh, In cheese, kind of an interesting close to the week with blocks sinking lower and barrels increasing. Uh, Blocks now at the lowest price since January with that 174 close on Friday. However, the barrel premium is the strongest over blocks since last October. Uh, Pretty interesting there with barrels carrying so much strength while blocks continue to see weakness. And nonfat dry milk, uh, pretty muted there in the low 150s, although we did see a little bit of a climb into Friday. Uh, Friday's closed the highest for nonfat since August 4th. CME spot butter, though, uh, still bullish as ever. Uh, the 308 quarter close on Friday, the all-time uh, third highest all-time price on record. And into dry way, Friday's 47 cent close, the strongest since July 20th. So we're at more than one month highs there. Uh, We certainly expect a lot of this volatility to persist with so many uh, different variables driving markets here in recent weeks. Pretty uh, exciting to try to keep up with all of them and makes our jobs pretty interesting. Thanks for listening. As always, uh, as always, if you need anything, please don't hesitate to reach out and we will return next week. Thanks all. Cheers. Be sure to subscribe so that you never miss an episode. And if you're interested in receiving more information as well as our analysis, please visit highgrounddairy.com to request a free 30-day trial today. Futures and options trading involves substantial risk and is not suitable for all investors.